Good evening. Tonight we are going to be talking about rubbish. You're listening to the spotlight, and I'm not. Ladies, gentlemen, please take your seats. The spotlight is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. I'm Mystery Matt, and you're listening to the Mystery Matt Spotlight Podcast. This evening, we are going headlong into multiple, what do we call it, multiverse and parallel universe discussion tonight. Uh, some of this is actually backed up by physics nowadays, which is even scarier. This evening, I'm joined by Colleen and Nancy. As we jump down this bunny hole next. You guys want to say hi? Hi. Yellow. So if you guys weren't here uh, last week, we were talking about time travel. And we kind of finished it off with leading briefly into this one. And um, I, I, I don't know how much of the physics you guys know about much of it at all. I did start looking into them but I'm not a physics girl and my brain was going to explode. So I gave up on the physics part. So I found a TikTok content creator called Astro Kobe that talked a bit about it, um, but I couldn't find a whole lot. Um, a lot of it, like I had said or in a previous one, was a lot of them were kind of bullshit. And there was one I watched and it's like this girl was sweeping in the in, in like in front of the house and like the the cam the front front cam was like watching and they're like look at this woman she's sweeping the ground and she turns around and her broom is gone and the girl's holding the fucking broom and he's like going on and on about this like it's disappeared and i'm like she's holding the fucking broom (laughs) you see it right there it did not disappear into a parallel dimension (laughs) it disappeared under her armpit Hmm. but um, and he oh, so you could actually see her stick it under her yeah, arm. Yeah, she stuck it under her armpit to get the little, sco- like the, it was one of the stand um, dust pans. Oh, yeah. And so she turns around to get the broom and she can't see it on the ground. And she's turning in circles and circles and circles, goes, gets another one. And then she uses that one to sweep it in the dustpan and then bends down to pick something up to put it in the dustpan. And the broom falls out from underneath her armpit. And the narrator's like, oh, and just like that, it appeared out of nowhere. And I'm like. Uh, no, it was Mm, under mm, her mm. damn arm. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) And so that's where I was disappointed because I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to look up and see what people have to say about this to see who else has looked into this. And it's like, you see bullshit like that. You're like, all right, are you poking fun or are you just dumb? Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two options for that one anyway. Yeah. Because I I was like, what, what the hell? Like, and I'm talking to my phone, like, uh, dude, broom under armpit. (laughs) Broom under armpit. <laughs> My kids are looking at me so, like there's something wrong with me. Maybe they just had really cheap production values. <laughs> maybe. Let, let me see if I can explain it. This is going to be super cool notes. And like if you try and build anything out off of what I'm about to say, you're going to kill yourself. But so a guy had a theory that at the time of the Big Bang, there's... Uh, energy in between all the things that make up space. So, like, space isn't 
empty. There's actually a hazy kind of energy field that goes through it. And we're not able to detect it 100%, so they call it dark energy. Well, everything is energy. Yeah. Nothing is really solid. Right. It's it's just whether or not that energy uh, connects through the Higgs boson to create it into a matter-like state. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's another story anyways. So they determined that the universe is expanding. Duh. We, we, we all have heard that. Um, but usually when things expand at the rate that they're going, um, they eventually slow down. And when they slow down, that would be, you know, the size of said universe, right? The, it's still expanding from what they said. Well, this is the period known as the expanding. So one guy, after listening to the physicists talk about the energies and stuff like that and how um, it's actually pushing things further and further apart, there's more space between things as the universe expands... He was thinking about, okay, well, what happens after the universe has finished expanding? Does it finish expanding everywhere all at once? And because it covers such a vast distance, our universe, that no, there's no way it could stop expanding everywhere at once. So in space, not just our space, but space as a as a as an overall canvas. Uh, somewhere it is still expanding or beginning to expand regardless and the math works it out. So in a roundabout way, it's essentially saying that not only was our Big Bang has gone off and eventually will finish its expanding process, but new Big Bangs are happening all the time which is what is creating different universes. Some of them are parallel, so that they're so close to ours that they blend into ours, and other ones are so vastly different you wouldn't even know they have any relevance to anything that is close to anything we have. Which makes sense, because if nothing is really solid, it just appears to be. There's constant movement, action, there's a reaction... So it would just kind of keep going. It's almost like it. It's like an engine. Yeah. And each time the engine has the internal combustion explosion that pushes the piston, that's like a new universe right there. So it's like bang, 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 bang. So I came across this theory uh, when I was reading and it's. It is yours. It's they call it bubble universes, and it's the idea that the um, the cosmic inflation—that's it. Cosmic that's inflation. It. Cosmic inflation. So it doesn't happen at the same rate everywhere, and as it slows in one place, the bubble forms, keeps continuing on in another area, and another bubble forms, and the two bubbles can't ever touch because they're moving at different rates. Is how it explained, and I really didn't understand it, but. But cosmic uh, I, inflation. Yeah. There's a couple documentaries you can look up on YouTube. Uh, I might even put a link for the one that we were watching that explained it. But, like, 
it's essentially like three or four different theories that have all built on each other. But when you do the math, everything checks out. Which is the scary part, because so far we haven't had a problem with our math failing us. So, you know, there's that. <coughs> Which is, yeah, very true. And it, it was proposed by a guy named Villenkin. V-I-L-E-N-K-I-N. So, with parallel universes, like I mentioned, uh, well, multiple universes, it's easier just to go with multi-universes, because like I said, not all of them are parallel. Another reason why they say there's Mandela effects, because uh, if you heard in the last one, we briefly touched on it. If you haven't heard our uh, Mandela effect podcast, you should listen to that, too, because we're about to do a part two. If you didn't hear that last week, but that's why we're getting Bernstein bears and Bernstein bears is because there's two different versions and it just depends on which version of the parallel universe you were in at that time. And apparently we actually blip in between several of them. And eventually when there becomes too many of them or the universe is trying to clean itself, it merges them together. So then we get people from two different parallel universes that remember two different things, but now they've been merged into one. And in this one, it is as whichever way. So I wonder if that has something to do with because in with um, when they talk about like as we get close to October, um, you the veils thin and you'll have more like um, you'll have more spirit uh, instances or, or encounters. And then now I just kind of wondered like what if it's not actually spirit? What if it's because the veil is thin to the, to another universe and that's actually what you're experiencing instead of it being a spirit that was a doctor who episode too they did that <laughs> where they kept seeing all these spirits around and it turned out it to be from they're actually people from a different universe trying to get through that would be kind of cool right i just had that thought and i'm yeah. like i wonder because as you know there are certain parts of the year and with full moons and we've had all these different kind of moons and all the planets and everything that that's going on. And then they talk about like when you if you t if you follow psychics or mediums, they talk about the veil being thinner and that's when you have more experiences. And then it talks about like universes and like when it, you have what you had just said. It's just kind of I was like, huh, wonder. Yeah. And what about if it's as with the rotation of the sun, the planets, the universe, the spirals, whatever, as the universes get closer to each other, the veil becomes thinner. Oh, I like that theory. That's a neat one. I <laughs> so, like that one. Have you guys seen uh, Jet Li's The One? No. So the premise behind that one is that uh, Jet Li's character is the main character. And one of the versions of him has figured out that there is a multi-parallel universe system going on. So he finds a way to go into the other universes and he kills himself. The reason he kills himself is because each one of the other versions of him get stronger or faster or more powerful or gain a special ability and stuff like that. So he's trying to become the most powerful being that's ever become. And by doing so, he's going to every other universe and killing himself until he is the one. Well, 
I think like like <coughs> many people who were introduced to the idea of parallel universes, my first introduction to it was actually Star Trek. Uh, as far back as, let's say, uh, late 60s, the episode of the original series where they meet their parallel universe of their evil selves. And the Spock with the goatee. Oh, the Spock with the goatee, the Uhura in the really skimpy outfit, you know. That was like my first introduction to this idea that, wow, there could be parallel. And of course, Star Trek really built on that one. Like they did a lot with with parallel universes, multiverses. Uh, yeah, they did a hell of a lot on that one. Especially in Discovery. And I hate talking about Discovery. Trust me. <laughs> um, that's exactly what happened was the essential premise is that they went to a... Uh, parallel universe but instead of the Klingons being the Klingons and the uh, Federation being the Federation they were still called the same and still had the same emblems relatively but they had reverse views so the Federation was now <laughs> savage killers wow. that would you know drink blood wine and stuff like that and the Klingons were more civilized and peace loving and adventurous and things like that and it was it was neat to see Klingons of that that's cool type but they also went with the super primitive Klingons. Oh, okay. Like the ones that didn't speak English, but then when they started, you know, flipping things around and stuff like that. And that made me wonder, was that the transition between the Captain Kirk Klingons and the Worf Klingons? Maybe Worf is from the civilized timeline of the Klingon Empire. Well, Star Trek does explain the difference in the Klingons. I know they do, yeah. but, you but know. Like, all this, Film all the theory. new Star Trek movies are parallel universe. Like the new movies, they're they're in a pair. Like Spock's travel to this new universe, and that's where we get the new movies. Um, what is it? The the Nexus ribbon. The the is that what I forget the in name? In generations. Of it. Yeah. Um, where he wants to go back. Oh, it's not coming to me. I don't have the name for it. Sorry, it's been so long since I've watched Generations because. But I was that's not essentially big on that what happens. They get zapped into that energy band and end up in a essentially dream world but well, yeah it's hard to explain multiverses are huge for movies and shows they're they're a great time like they're a great storyline that stories love now i'm i'm getting sick of it already Sorry, if you take that what you guys were talking about and you place it into like everyday people so if you say that there are multi-universes and there's multi-versions of everybody, we, in each universe, you would have, diff you would be different because you wouldn't have the same life experiences because your life experiences is what forms and shapes you. There's another theory that says every time someone makes a new decision, a new universe is created because that creates a new timeline in which the decision went the other way as well. Well, that would be the butterfly effect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's actually a book called The Midnight Library which builds on that where this girl finds a library and it has the story of her life with every single book being slightly different based on one little decision such as I went left. 
when I sh- might have turned right. Do you remember those Choose Your Own Adventure books? Oh, I loved those as a kid. Oh. Choose Your Own Adventure. Oh, those were great. So now there's been like a couple authors that obviously grew up on those mm-hmm. because the ones who know love them. We know. If you know, you know. I've died on page three, and I don't mean <laughs> literally page three, but the third page I was allowed to read. Yeah. It's like, go left or go right. I go right. You died. <laughs> oh, well, that was neat. And then you start over, right? Yeah. But uh, apparently one guy, he took that concept, and he did a little bit of dice rolling into it. So, like, not only did you have your decision making, but you also had that uh, chance. Oh, wow. So, like, you decide to throw a stone. Okay, well, roll one of these kind of dice. If you get this number, this number, or this number, you do it properly. If not, turn to this page. And then, so it was like that, but like one step closer into Dungeons and Dragons kind of thing. And and to sit down and read one of those, that'd be a freaking hoot. Oh, yeah. But, like, can you imagine if all these multiverses out there and in one there's where you chose to wear the red dress rather than the yellow dress and to see how your life could have been different. I'm sorry, that would be a mindfuck. <laughs> that it would be like you might come across something where your life is so much infinite, infinitely better or where it's infinitely worse and it's like whoa, what happened here? But in that case like you wouldn't even be yourself. It's so like when you talked about picking the dress, I had a thought like when I was pregnant with my oldest and I wasn't married, had I decided to have an abortion instead of getting married and having a baby? Can you just imagine how different I would be? But there's over an infinite number of versions of you that that's exactly what happened. Yeah. But there's also the same number of versions of you that you decided against it like you did here. Yeah. That's the theory to it. It's uh, not just that there's other versions of you but with infinite universes there's infinite numbers of you that's just how infinite works yes that that, so then would that be like um when we talk about the the universes like merging would that be where you would find a, a doppelganger it would be that the two versions are you are so close together and you may have forgotten about that decision it may have been like whether or not you were putting cheese on the sandwich, right? So you don't remember making that decision 17 years ago about putting cheese on the sandwich, and either does this version of you from this parallel universe, and other than that, you guys have lived the rest of your life that same way, those two could be merged into one. Yeah. Because it wouldn't matter to anybody at any point in time. True. But... Bernstein bears in one and Bernstein bears in the other might be different, which is what causes a Mandela effect. Mm -hmm. But to find a universe where everybody who's alive now, all our differences were just minuscule. That's what kind of boggles my mind. You'd think that 7 billion people and to find a universe to merge with, with you where the only differences are minor little things such as spelling or color (laughs) or something that, to me, seems almost like an improbability. But an infinite number of universes. An universe. infinite. But that all of those people would have done the same. 
or not are all there the, some not all the universes have to merge because there's universes that we don't even exist in at all so if there Mankind were I never started if if the dinosaurs if, are now the if universe if two universes that are very similar merge and let's say 90% of the people it's the choice was only something minor that won't make any difference in their life but let's say even in 10%, 1% of the people where it was a major decision and it meant that they might no longer even exist. Do, would they just blink out of existence? Oh, God, my from, head's getting sore. From <laughs> from what I've been noticing, the entire universe doesn't merge as a whole. We merge individually. Okay. So you might be better in this one that you, this you might be better in that one that you might be better in this one they'll all get switched around and one will be eliminated so that it's got more room for a new one when you decide to put lettuce on your sandwich but even if you you know we look at everybody and say your parents made a different choice i don't know how they met but like my parents met at at a at a bar that my mom was working at and it's like if my mom hadn't gone to work that day and had had called in sick i wouldn't exist well, what about the seventy-five uh, percent chance death rate I had when I had brain meningitis? That means there's technically the majority of timelines that I was to be in, I'm not in. Yeah, seventy—it's it's mind blowing. Yeah, like when you sit down and you do the math, you get a headache real quick. Yeah, like I know like I've been the... smoking all day and playing D and D and already doing math. But, like, when you get into quantum-level crap, it just gets fucked. That's why I said it too explicit, because I say fuck. I did see a video um, on TikTok today, and... Um, on TikTok today, there's on a TikTok today. We're doing that, this, for sure. This, uh, and they were, I'm not sure what part of the, like what they but they were obviously asian and they were this couple was like dressed alike so they're like khaki shorts and like a red top for example and then they were walking through a supermarket and they looked over in the next aisle and there's another asian couple that looks very similar to this couple that are wearing the same thing and they're like coincidence mm-hmm. or 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 like parallel universe I, I saw one that was a cafeteria full of old ladies and each one of the old ladies had the same type shirt and the same type haircut and each one of them were like the same relative build it was like someone just kind of took an old lady stamp and just like changed the color <laughs> of their shirt a little bit i'm sorry you just described like my mom's nursing home <laughs> i'm sorry so, uh which old lady is mine hold on <laughs> They all have the same haircut, same relative clothes, you know. Uh, Yeah, exactly. But they all, the other thing is, is they all go to the same hairdresser. You imagine when the freaking nursing home's going to have a whole bunch of Nirvana t shirts in it? That's going to be hilarious. I have seen so many TikToks about that and been like, they're playing music from like the 90s and like, or is it, is it 2000s? Like, get low. And all of a sudden, all these 80-year-olds are, like, (laughs) dancing from the window to the wall. And they're, like, dancing and shaking their ass and twerking to this song. And, you know, I can just imagine how funny, because I'm sure that'll be me. Um, But, like, I think it would be hilarious. Because now when you go to a nursing home, it would be primarily, like, you would hear 50s music and, like, 60s. 60s, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is funny because yeah, that would that would be hilarious. If so if you, I could t- if I could you know 
time travel to the I would love to see that. If you think even further into the infinite universe thing, uh, there has to be a parallel universe where you were the mother of your mother and your mother would be your daughter. Because if there's an infinite variation of anybody doing anything at any time, anywhere, there's technically no reason that wouldn't work. So that actually um, connects to um, soul groups. Yeah. And when we talk about like soulmates and soul groups, that you have a group of souls that in each lifetime you go and find one another. Or, you know, like when I when I think of a soulmate, it's not necessarily romantic. It's just some a soul that you found in a past life. They could have been your mother in a past yeah. life or your romantic lover yeah. or your daughter. And so now it's all like you all have played different roles. Yeah. And, and uh, if you believe we all come from like the same source, that's what they're saying. There's like a select number of souls and you get so many rotations around and this and you that. Get nine. Oh, is it nine? You get nine and you get, because when we talk about tarot and, and numerology, you get nine, nine turns and previous to any, previous to you being born, you have a soul contract. And so in, you decide in that life that you're going to learn whatever lesson and you pick your family or you pick your parents um, to be the best people to teach you that lesson. Oh. I guess I was learning about alcoholism this time around. <laughs> I, I think there'd probably be some people who'd be really upset to think that they chose their parents. Um, no, I, I've heard that too. That I have you... heard that, but I think about for some people who went through horrific childhoods, I'm sure they'd be thinking, oh, please don't tell me I picked this. But it would make sense because your soul knows what it needs to learn, or I'm assuming it would. So... And if you screw yeah. up, that's where you start going into the not so good incarnation times, like where you become something like a pig or or something slothy or, you know, or your soul. Just... Usually it's human. Hmm? Usually it's it's human. It depends. Like in Buddhism and stuff like that, they believe in reincarnation and stuff like that. And if you were like a slothy person or or just lazy you may come back as a cat because you have the characteristics character characteristics of sleeping around all day and being lazy if you ate a lot and that would be amazing though yeah i'd love to be a cat well then pick that next time yeah yeah you know yeah i think i'm gonna pick that next time if you long this shit (laughs) i'm out if you (laughs) if you felt oppressed and you felt like you should really be flying free and stuff like that. Next time you come back, you may be a bird. So that you could experience flying and being free as a bird. You know, that kind of thing. So it's all depending on what the the soul wants to do. And, like, even if you look in uh, some of the pet owners, and I can say that when you look into a pet's eyes, when they actually pass like the moment of passing you do see a spark leave those eyes yes and so that to me would say that there was something lighting those eyes which i'm assuming there's something lighting my eyes so what's to say there's a difference between the two true and there are some people where you can look in their eyes and they look old. They look like they have an old soul. And there are others where 
they look young and fresh and new. I, I, I don't know if other people get that, but I do that where when I look at people, their eyes, some eyes just look very old, like they've seen so much and others look very young and it can be on a young child. It can be on an old person, you know? So if you guys met a parallel version of yourself, would you interact? Would you try and figure things out? Would you just enjoy the time together? Um, like, would you like, what would you do if you met a version of you? So for me, it would all depend on what the version of me is like. So if it happened to be the version of me that didn't have the doctors screw up in the delivery room and, and give me brain damage, I think I'd take over her life. <laughs> Be like, yeah, you're, you're mine. Uh, you can go live mine. I'm going to live yours now. We're good. Uh, yeah. Well, I'd be happy to talk with them and find well, out like, if, what's if the, going on. If there's that much of a difference, right, you're not going to have the f- same physical characteristics. Like you might meet supermodel Colleen. Oh, and hell yeah. I wanted her life. <laughs> you, but nobody would believe it. You would switch bodies yeah. and you're like, oh, what happened to supermodel Colleen? Now she's, you know, the, in the wheelchair Colleen. The brain, But even if we like switched our essence into the body, so her essence and my oh, body, okay. so mine her, and hers. Her consciousness. Like, consciousness. Okay. Even then, we would be so different because our life experiences have been so different. Uh, I know I've had people come up to me and say, oh, let me pray for you. Let me save you. And I'm like, no, I am this way for a reason. I had to learn something. And this is what has made me who I am. So, no, it's don't. So then that's the other thing, too. If we each if we can agree we have a soul and there's parallel universes, is it a copy of your soul? Is it part of the same soul? Is it a different soul? That's a Nancy question. So for they sure. ha- I have done some research on like when they talk about twin flames and a twin flame is supposed to be a soul that was split in half. And so when you meet your twin flame, when twin flames meet it, you're the mirror of the other person and you're exactly alike in, in, in every single way. Um, because you you are you're you're you've met and it's that person has half of your soul and you have the other half. So that would only really take place if the two versions of you were so close alike that they would share the same because. But your twin flame can be can be any like male, female. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's generally romantic. Like, for example, race car driver me and me would probably have different souls because we have different passions. That's what I would think. So when I when we think about sorry, the the like. If I were to meet Nancy from another parallel universe, it wouldn't be the same person. No. Technically because different. Because we wouldn't have the same soul. It's just a different version. It's a totally different, like, to for me to be able to wrap my head around that and know what I know, I, I think it would be, it, it wouldn't be the same. In my mind, it would be like we would look alike and that would be pretty much it. It would be a different soul entirely. But I think if I had met myself in a different universe, I would definitely want to sit down and and have a chat to find out like, okay, well, what did you decide to do and how did your choices get to to where you are and what's your life like? But, okay, so you were married, right? Yes. Okay, so what if the version you met was like you in every other way except for she did not get divorced? So would that person have the same soul as you? Or not. Exactly like you in every way just made that different decision. 
So that's only how many years of deviation between people? That's not terribly many. No, but she would still be a very different person. Yes, because of different experiences. That's how the forks work, right? Yeah. You you technically create a new version at the time of decision making. But from what I understand, like it would... Would it be a splinter of the same soul because it was the soul's decision to go one way or the soul's other decision to go the other way? So does the soul splinter like the timelines do and eventually the souls have to be put back together into the same timeline? Holy crap, I've My brain a hurts lot now Because it like, my, <laughs> poof. Yeah, no, I need a minute. Okay, so <laughs> this was... It actually hurts. This was actually... I, I, read, I read a story. I'm sorry, Nancy. Poor Nancy. All right. I read a story years ago when one time when I was in the hospital for one of the many times and (laughs) it really hit me really hard. And what it was, it was talking about multiverses. And what its idea was is that we all are, each person has one soul and it is split between all of our incarnations in all these different universes, but we are constantly connected through our dreams and i've heard that somewhere i've been one who i don't dream normally i dream in epic sagas that last for months about weird other worlds and situations where i'm i'm not me but i'm me it's really weird those are your other and universes so and where i've always kind of hedged back and far far back and forth is that is that a um previous life future life or is that an alternate universe and the souls are connected in the unconscious state and are able to sometimes transmit their stories to each other and that one i i personally love that idea of that you know rather than there being like this like 50 million versions of me each one with a different soul that we are all ultimately connected and maybe come together to tell our story at some point. I don't know. Well, I think that is kind of cool. There's also another theory that all time <laughs> and place and all that kind of stuff is not in the past or the future. The past and the future is a man-made construct and it's all happening immediately. But our perception is putting it yeah. in order. So like your grandfather dying, for example, me back in 97... That, to a human's perspective, was back in 97, but it happened right now. Well, it's happening right now. And that's it's, the idea. Of it, time is it, it doesn't yeah. stop happening right now. It's the idea that time isn't this wonderful little straight line that goes from point A to point B. That it's either a whole mess, like a ball of yarn, or it's just one singular dot and everything happens at that point. And we just experience it differently. I think time and space has been drinking since thursday (laughs) well when you talk about dreams when i've done research for that um scientists have said like you don't remember your dreams because it's your subconscious your it's your subconscious mind that dreams but if you do remember them then it's a message or you're on some really good meds because, I mean, I, I've taken some good meds and had some some wicked dreams that were like, whoo, not, I can't even sit and pull anything out of that for any kind of meeting, and meaning at all. For me, I find that when I'm on different meds, I don't dream. 
And I mean, these dreams, yeah, these dreams have been here since like, my parents remember me talking about them when I was like three, four years old. Like they have been here my whole life. And if I'm getting put on meds, people will tell me, oh, this med will, will give you bad nightmares. I'm nothing. It's like nothing happens. So funny enough, when I was on meds, I had a hard time reading. Now that I have been off, like I was on um, meds for postpartum for 17 years, antidepressants. And now that I'm not, and it's been two years, I can read so much better. My intuition is so much better. I have visions. I have dreams that actually like I wake up and I remember them. I remember my feeling. I remember the colors. I remember what it ha- what happened. And it's not like I'm dreaming every night. Like I'm not remembering it every night, but I'm remembering when it is a message. And so there are med there are meds that will give you like wild ass oh, yeah. dreams. Oh, yeah. Like if I take even if I take NyQuil, my God, like Mel- yeah, if it's like I'm on LSD, but to take some like heavy antipsychotics, a lot of the times it numbs that and it numbs the subconscious and your because it's it slows down your brain. So you're not able to work through everything that you need to work through. But they have often said that there have been lots of counts where people have had dreams of um, where they've been you know, reincarnated and like kids are, are, are saying things like, you know, oh, um, what was the one boy was talking about something about drowning or and he was buried at this cemetery. And then I was drowning and couldn't couldn't breathe. And all of a sudden I was born and it, it, you I was with you and my new family. And they literally like looked up the name the kid gave them and found the cemetery where they buried and no word of a lie. It was written on the tombstone. Yeah. So like that all like it, it's ever since I was little, I have always known that there's like something else to this world. But the trick is figuring out what the heck that is, whether or not it's parallel universes, multi versus souls, spirits, afterlifes, you know, heaven, hells. What is it? I don't know how you would be able to sit down and sort it all out with even half the information I've thrown at our listeners tonight alone. Well, even like when we look at the movie, The Butterfly Effect, some of those judgment, like some of those choices were so simple. And like it changed the outcome dramatically. Yeah. Like I wish I wish I hadn't squished <laughs> that fish. I don't know if we want to go back to like the whole multiverse truing because there is one famous story from it. Yeah, go ahead. That is really speaks to kind of what the multiverse could do if someone slips through. So I've actually written it out. So I'm actually going to read it off because <laughs> it's easier to do that way. So in July 1964 a man arrived at Haneda Airport, which is also Tokyo International now. He was said to have been Caucasian with a beard. His primary language seems to have been French, and all the accounts claim that he spoke Japanese and many other languages as well. When he went through security, the issues began. As he handed over his passport, the officer noticed something strange. The passport looked authentic, but the country where it was issued was a place no one had ever heard of, Tored. So this is the man for Torred. Torred. Torred, yeah. It was even more confusing for the officers because apparently the man was carrying currency from many different European countries. His passport had been stamped numerous times at numerous airports around the world. And it also showed that he'd been in Japan before. The company that he said he worked for didn't even know who he was. He had reservations booked, but they weren't did not exist. And... 
apparently he was actually carrying documents that showed this. It showed who he worked for. It showed his reservations. But nothing could be found to substantiate this. They even called back to the company that did exist and found that there was no record of employment. Yeah. They, They talked to the company managers. They didn't find him. So at this point, security was so confused. He was taken away for interrogation, and he tried desperately to convince the immigration officers that Torred does exist. According to him, it was located between France and Spain, and it's been there for over a thousand years. When he was shown a map, he pointed to the area that he knew as Torred, but on our map, it was an area occupied by the Principality of Andorra. He was so confused as to why the map showed it as a different name. Both sides were at a stalemate. The man insisted that his country existed, and the Japanese insisted that it didn't. So the officers were suspicious that he was criminal and decided (laughs) to detain him. They put him up in a nearby hotel for the night while they continued their investigation. Two guards were placed outside of his room to make sure he couldn't leave. The next morning, when the guards checked the room, he had vanished. Now, keep in mind, this room was several floors up with no balcony, and the guards were outside the whole time, and they never saw him left. Or heard anything. Or heard. There was no sign of how he could have made his escape. And all the evidence of this man was also gone, including all the documents which might have proven the story. That's where it ended. And this this is like the most famous story that's ever talked about with multiverses is it's like he slipped through from another universe into ours for a brief moment in time. And then he was pulled back. When you're doing math, you carry a one, right? Correct. So what if the universe was doing its reshuffle and it needed to put this gentleman here for the time being just for a second as it shuffled something else so that it could move him back over where he belonged? That would make sense. Now, I will actually, because I feel that can't be completely partisan, have to show both sides. It is now claimed that this actually is a... People are saying it's a false story. It actually refers to a man named John Allen Kuchar Zegras. And he entered Japan with his Korean wife in October of 59. Three months later, he was arrested by the Tokyo police for identity fraud. He was sentenced to a year in prison, after which he, after he was sentenced, he tried to kill himself with a piece of glass somebody stuck in, but he didn't. He was good. Um, a year later, when he was released, he was deported from Japan and sent to Hong Kong. This story, um, in it, apparently he f- he forged his passport and it was, he was meaning to spell the country Toreg with a G and he spelled it, misspelled it as Torred is what they're saying. Then he, which is, it's an actual province in Algeria. So totally not in the spot where it was supposed to have been. The story of this man was actually used in the British House of Commons in 1960 as an argument that passports are not a very good security check. From there, it made its way heavily altered into the urban legend publications. So that's what a lot of people think the Manitorid, that's how they're explaining it. But it's still, there's there's too much. It's too widespread to me. And... There were too many people who have, like, a lot of uh, eyewitnesses came forward and said, yes, I was one of the the immigration officers who checked this man in, or I was the security guard. Like, 
there's both sides of the story are trying to present themselves as real. So it really is up to the listener of the story or the researcher to figure out which one they believe. I'm kind of more on the fence in terms, I think that somebody slipped through and that this was their way of, we got to rectify this and make it look better. So they also didn't mention how he could have gotten out. No, because apparently that, what they're saying is that part was added later for good storytelling. But the stories about the man from Tourette surfaced very, very quickly. Whereas that type of storytelling, that this was before the internet, that type of storytelling would take years for all those elements to be added and believed, not just happen in, within a few short years. Like it would take decades for that game of telephone to happen where each new thing is added. And the story about this man, it honestly seems to, from what I found, when they talk about um, John Zegris, the information about what they're saying is the truth of the Man of Torred, that <laughs> seems to only have come out within the last few decades. It wasn't, and they're claiming like, yes, apparently there was a speech referring to this. I think there might have been two different men. Like, it's just, there are some things that are similar enough that they think we'll just lump the two together. To hide it. To hide it, yes. Uh, that's where my thought is. But the man from Torette is is the one that is cited so many times, and there's so much belief behind it. I even reading the debunking of it, I can't believe it. I, I maybe that's you wishful can't believe thinking. the debunking. I can't believe the debunking. I I believe the original story about the man from Torette. Yeah, and that's just it with half of these, if not all of these conspiracy theories, right? You really don't know either way like you can add a couple ones together and say okay well this is evidence by proxy but some of them are are pretty out there like um the only reason that i think parallel and or multiple universes uh is a thing is because of how much brain damage i got trying to fucking understand it from a physics point of view because like that that whole thing like i listened to it for about an hour and he hadn't even got into the cool parts yet he was still going on about the math and how the math does work and i'm like ow like my head physically hurt after the last thing you said where i was like i think you broke me (laughs) my head like my temples started hurting and it was like right across the forehead and my brain just kind of was like cannot compute cannot compute cannot compute shutting down shutting down reboot yeah what if that is like a fail safe method where because we were talking about how maybe the souls were split and all put and what if that's like a fail safe method to make sure that we don't delve too deep into something that could harm us or could break our version of reality. What if that could be a fail-safe method that when we get into these and we start delving deeper and it's like, oh, our this, brain this gets just hurts. scared and, puts, your, and your shuts brain, you down it, it itself. can't face the truth. They're like, no, you're not allowed to have you, this knowledge yeah. while you're here. Exactly. You And it just when you said that, that thought just came to me. So maybe we've touched on something that could be true. Maybe not. Uh, We're at a good spot to stop. Any final words? 
I was going to say, I think the more like if we were to sit down and like study this for some time, like months and years, I think eventually you start wrapping your head around it and it would make sense and your brain wouldn't hurt. I was thinking about starting a book, like not me writing a book, but just doing research and keeping a book. Yeah. And then just eventually once your brain just kind of starts to things start to make sense and to fall in line, then your brain doesn't hurt. Because you're like, what the fuck just happened? You eventually hit that aha moment. Right. And you start to get understanding. And the more information you have, the more understanding that you have. Apparently a good book for it is one of Hawking's books, um, something and wormholes. It's not a brief history of time. It's one of his other books. Apparently that is a good introduction into uh, Stephen Hawking. Um, Apparently that's a good introduction into the parallel multiverse theory. So if anyone wants to try it. Yeah. So I've been Mystery Matt. You guys have a good evening and uh, hold on to the planet real tight because it spins real fast. (laughs) Have a good one. Bye bye.